please tell us something about your musical education. I began music when I was 11, I think about 11 years old, playing saxophone, and uh, played in all the, the bands when I was um, in school. You know, I played in the symphonic band in high school and jazz band, uh, the marching band. I was uh, a drum major in the marching bands, so uh, I had a chance to conduct musicians really from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And I went to Berkeley College of Music and majored in film composing and also did a lot of uh, playing while I was there. Uh, it was almost like a double major, um, playing a ton of saxophone. And then when I graduated, I uh, went right into it. I moved to New York City and started working. Cool. What is your favorite instrument within or outside an orchestra? Uh, to write for or to play? Um, both. <laughs> mm. uh, well, to play saxophone, because uh, that's my primary instrument. Mm -hmm. And to write for, uh, I love writing for all of them. Uh, I, I, I guess um, a lot of times it has to do with who's going to play the instrument as to, you know, um, which would be my favorite at that time to, to write for it. I, I love knowing who's going to play uh, and if possible, um, you know, write with them in mind. How is your approach in scoring for films? I usually start uh, as, as early as possible, um, as early as the uh, filmmakers would like to start talking about the movie. Um, it might begin with just discussions or maybe reading the script or um, maybe coming to the set and seeing what's, uh, what's being filmed. Uh, sometimes it's at a later time when um, they've already shot and they've edited and then I come in and take a look at it. Um, but all of that's part of the sort of pre-production for me in, in my mind. I like to know as much as I can about the movie um, and as much as I can about uh, what the not just music goals but just filmmaking goals are for you know the uh, people I'm working with. You know what what's the story that they want to convey What are the emotions in the movie? And, uh, and so that's all part of the pre-production for me. And we'll also discuss music ideas and instrumentations, what the goals of the music will be within the goals of the movie. And then uh, we'll have a spotting session uh, when they're uh, ready to actually look at the movie and, and talk specifically, like the music is going to go here and it's going to go there and it'll come in and out at these times. And uh, through the spotting session, we'll really develop um, a real plan, uh, you know, a production plan for mm -hmm. the music. Um, and then once we've done that, I'll go back to my studio and if I haven't already been writing um, ideas and themes and coming up with sounds based on uh, you know, prior meetings and, and discussions, then I'll start doing that at that time. Uh, and I'll compose uh, ideas and themes and um, get a palette going. And I'll mock everything up in my studio and, uh, and then play it for 
the filmmakers and, and get their thoughts. Um, and then we'll go back and forth and make sure that uh, the music is uh, covering all the places that, that uh, they'd like it to cover. Um, and then when we're ready, we'll uh, record live whatever elements uh, you know, are going to be replaced that I've already done. Because sometimes there are, are elements that I'll use while I'm composing that may end up uh, being part of the final. Uh, and then after I record, then we mix everything and deliver it to the film mix. And it gets mixed into the movie with the dialogue and sound effects. Do you always conduct your own music or do you prefer sitting in the um, well, so-called mixing room? I have always conducted my own music. I, I love doing that. It's something I feel really comfortable doing. Um, it's something that I've done for as long as I've been doing music. Actually, I remember when I was, uh, I guess, 11 years old and starting. I, that's when I first started music and I was in middle school mm -hmm. and they uh, asked anybody if they wanted to audition to be a student conductor. And, uh, and I raised my hand right away. I was like, that sounds cool. <laughs> um, you know, like I had never seen that much music on one page before. <laughs> was like, you know, I was just playing saxophone in the band and I would just see my single line and on the page and, and they're like, okay, if you'd like to audition, here's the, the uh, conductor's score. And I looked at it and I, it, it was a huge eye opener to me. I, I had no idea all that was going on at the same time. Um, you know, it's just so many notes and just sort of uh, really it, it taught me to think about music in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, but so conducting is something I've done right from the very beginning and uh, it was a very natural thing to do when I started uh, writing more music that um, I would conduct it and and since my background is as an instrumentalist um, that's where I really feel at home I, I love being with the musicians I love having that immediacy to communicate Uh, what I'm trying to write, um, rather than sort of uh, communicating through a conductor, you know, I, I, since I wrote it, I know exactly what I what I want, mm -hmm. and so uh, it's just easier for me to do that from the podium. And uh, I don't know, maybe at some point I'll I'll, I'll try, uh, you know, being in the booth and having a conductor, uh, just for the sake of trying it and see if you know what what's different about it. But for me, that's the part I look forward to almost the most, and I love it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Of all of your scores, uh, which one is your personal for favorite? Good question. Uh, <laughs> it's difficult to, to say. One, because I, I, I tend to not look back um, at, you know, I, I don't really go back that often. I, mean, I do at times uh, listen to things, um, you know, if other people are referencing it, then, you know, I want to go back and listen and, and see what it is that was happening. But, um, you know, I think one of my favorites, uh, I think, is a, a film I did called Rex Steel Nazi Smasher. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, uh, an animation, and it's only about 10 minutes long, but... Uh, it, it's an action-adventure um, story. It's based on a comic book. And it was the first time that I had a chance to record with 
uh, that large an orchestra. Mm -hmm. I think between I think the orchestra is maybe about 80 or 85 players, and then I had a choir. So in total, it was about 110 pieces, and and uh, and I conducted, and that was the first time that I really had that chance to do that. Uh, I recorded it with the Czech Philharmonic and choir, and uh, it was it was really uh, f fulfilling, musically fulfilling to 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 get a chance to do that and to and to hear that realized. You know, I had all those sounds in in my head. You know, growing up and and being a fan of film music, and then having a chance to you know, get my shot and, and, and try and write some of that. Um, and, uh, and then actually hearing it come to life, it undoubtedly one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Great. Are there projects where you weren't so satisfied with the working environment or the resulting score? Uh, what was the very last part is that, or the recording? Um, yeah, both. Um, okay. Uh, well, Sure. You know, there there are projects that, um, well, I should say, firstly, that that I don't think there's a single score I've written that I wouldn't want to go back and change something. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. Even when I'm, you know, when I'm really happy with the work that I've done, you know, you, you watch it in, in the in the theater and... Uh, And I'm still composing, like in my head. It's too late, but I'm still composing. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, oh, I really wish I did this, or oh, I, I, I could, you know, I could do a better job. You know, I could uh, finesse that differently or record this a little better. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's a natural part of the process. Um, you know, there's there's this expression that um, I guess is for all art, but it's that. Art is never complete; it's abandoned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and in the case of, uh, you know, writing for movies, you know, with the deadlines being where they're at, you know when that's going to be. You know, it's like you reach a certain date and you've got to deliver, and and that that that's the score. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's certainly movies that I um, I'd like to make more changes than others. Um, mm -hmm. But I always know that, you know, I, in every single project, I, I've, I've done the absolute best that I can um, with whatever my limitations might be. If it's the, you know, a tight schedule or, um, you know, uh, a, a reduced budget where you need to be very creative about how you're going to record it. Um, you know, I'm always doing my best. So, uh so I, I, I tend not to have any regrets. I, I just keep looking forward. I see uh, that you were involved in the movie Dogma, um, mainly scored by your uncle Howard Shore. How did that come about? Uh, well, um, right when I graduated from Berkeley, my plan was to move out to Los Angeles. And I was making plans with friends of mine, fellow you know, film composers that we went to school together and and we were all planning to go out to LA and uh, that summer we're like just a, right after graduating uh, I spoke with my uncle Howard and uh, Howard lives in New York and so he said 
hey, would you like to come up to New York? I'm uh, putting together a concert of music, and, uh, and you could come and work for a day, you know, like one, like one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like, okay, uh, yeah, I would, I would, I'd love to. So I, I came out to New York for a day, um, and uh, I, th- I think his wording was, um, uh, why don't you come up for a day and you'll see how you like it. And, and I knew what he meant was, why don't you come up for a day and I'll see how I like you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He, he, he didn't need to say that part, but I, I feel like that might have been, you know. So, uh, so I went to New York, and, uh, and, and he was putting together a, a concert. It was one of the first times that he had really done a big retrospective concert of his, of his music. Um, we were doing it in Spain, and, uh, and, and he was putting together suites from, gosh, I don't know, maybe like, 14 or 20 different movies. I, I don't remember how many it was. And so it was, a, it was a pretty large job of going back to all the, the, uh, the scores from the movies and picking which cues are going to make a, a suite and, uh, and going back and listening to the, the final recordings um, that are in the movie and comparing them against the printed scores because oftentimes when you're doing a film recording session, you make last minute changes on, you know, right there at the podium. And those changes don't always end up back in the conductor's score mm-hmm. because there's not enough time. You know, it's like you make a decision and you say, okay, let's put all the strings and mutes and let's change this dynamic over here and let's tacit the woodwinds in this section. And you just say it and, and the players mark it up and they record it. And that becomes the final version. But the conductor score never got re-updated. Mm-hmm. So um, I went through all these scores and listened to the recordings and, and uh, made the uh, changes, put the changes back into the scores by listening to it. And, uh, and I, was, I became very involved with that score. So one, one or that concert, one day uh, turned into two days and turned into the rest of the week and then a month and the rest of the summer. And, and then I just uh, moved to New York uh, and, and continued working with Howard. So, um, and that began my career. Uh, and so the first four years of my career uh, were working with Howard and also scoring my own short films uh, at NYU. Um, and so I started out with that concert doing copy work um, and doing score cleanups. And, uh, and then on his next movie, which was the movie Copland, um, Howard asked me if I wanted to do the copy work for it. And so we did all the copy work in-house, and I uh, did his MIDI takedowns and um, worked, you know, closely. You know, it was the first time I had a chance to be, like, you know, on the inside of a process for film music and to see that much music, um, you know, going through a pipeline and mm-hmm. seeing what it feels like to have an hour of music you know, processed uh, from beginning to completion in five weeks or six weeks. Um, so I started out doing copy work. I did that on maybe about uh, six or seven movies, and then uh, and then the movie 
Analyze This came up, and uh, Howard asked me if I'd like to orchestrate, um, which was a pretty natural extension because I was already doing the copy work. So uh, I just did his MIDI takedowns, and then instead of handing a transcription back to him, I would just hand him back a fully orchestrated score, uh, and then he could make comments on that. Um, and uh, and then the movie Dogma came up, which is the next one, and we continued the process, and that's how it uh, it came about. Cool. What's your uh, opinion about the controversy surrounding this movie Dogma? Well, uh, it was a, a little while ago, so I'm not sure if there's a lot of controversy that's still happening for it, mm -hmm. um, unless it's maybe there is in, in Germany, I don't know. Um, oh, but uh, I'm sorry? A little bit controversy, yeah, uh, it was, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. what, uh, maybe I should ask, what, what was the controversy that was happening? Um, so while the church uh, says I'm be the movie, uh, uh, shouldn't come, it's bad, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, to be honest, I wasn't really that involved on the, on the controversial side. Um, you know, I was just working on, on the music and, um, and getting everything done in time and just concentrating on, on, on my portion of it. So, um, so I, I, I don't really know. I do know that uh, I think that the movie was... Uh, I forgot what studio it was, but I remember I think it was supposed to come out through one studio and then it ended up being switched to another. Um, and I don't know if that had anything to do with the controversy, but um, uh, that was about the extent of my knowledge of it. Yeah, you worked with Howard on several movies, uh, Copland, The Game, Gloria, Existence and others. Do you have good memories of these collaborations? Is he a patient uncle? Yeah, I have great memories of it, um, and uh, I actually just saw Howard uh, yesterday. Um, I'm in New York right now, um, and I, it was amazing. You know, like after graduating uh, from Berkeley, where I got this uh, major in film composing, but, you know, when you're in a classroom environment, everything is sort of hypothetical you know it's like uh, you know here's a scene score this um, you know it'll be due in a couple of weeks and we'll record it and and we'll listen to it um, but when you when I had the opportunity to work with Howard and, and be immersed in that environment you know you'd never have to ask a question like is that how they would do it in the real world You know, like, because you were in the real world. And mm -hmm. if it was done like that, then it's done like that. So it was, an, for me, I really felt like it was almost like getting a master's degree. You know, like, I did my four years of my undergrad, and then I, I worked with Howard for four years, and I, it really felt like this is like graduate school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I learned a ton. Um, and... Uh, I, it's it's been invaluable, you know, for my education. I, I couldn't imagine not having learned what I learned uh, during those years. It's uh, it's completely intertwined. In was it difficult to step out of the shadow of a highly successful and renowned composer like Howard to become your own composer? I never really thought about it. Mm -hmm. um, I just concentrated on my own 
projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, honestly, that that's that's really all I did. I just focused on on my own work and my own learning, my own recording sessions, my own experiences, and um, never really thought, uh, you know, about sort of you know if there was a shadow to to you know, uh, try to come out from, mm-hmm. I, I, I just thought about doing the very best that I can and learning everything that I can and learning my craft. Um, and, um, and to this day, I never really think about it. You know, um, I think that, uh, if, if other people might, uh, remember me or think about me because I'm related to Howard, mm-hmm. that's great. You know, I, 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 I'm 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 very proud of Howard. I, you know, he's a huge uh, a huge success, and and um, and he's a great role model. And so there, there's if if anything, that's how I think about um, you know I, I, when I think of Howard, I think about all of his achievements and and his great music uh, and how he approaches music. And uh, and I look at it as a as a really great example mm-hmm. of uh, what to do um, with someone's uh, abilities and how to use them uh, in music. So it's 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 a fabulous uh, example. What was your very first assignment as a film music composer? Uh, professional or uh, scholastic? Oh, um, yeah, the both. Uh... Well, professionally, I, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, my, okay, I think my very first uh, professional assignment was a, uh, a DVD. Um, it was around 1997. It was called Earthlight. And uh, it was, at the time, in 1997, DVDs were not popular yet. Um, I, I like technology. I, I love reading about technology, and I was very aware of what DVDs were going to become, because mm-hmm. I had read about it, and I knew that they were the format, the same size as the CD, but it would hold all the content that would, at that time, would have been only held on a couple of different sides of a laser disc. And I got um, a call to score this uh, special interest title. Uh, called Earthlight, and it was 80 minutes of foot- video footage of the Earth taken from the space shuttle, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was asked to write 80 minutes of music um, to accompany it, and there was no dialogue, no sound effects, just music, and this footage of the Earth slowly spinning, and uh, and I was given five weeks to do it, and. <laughs> I think at that point in my life, I had not written 80 minutes of music hmm. cumulatively. Um, <laughs> and and I, then I got this phone call, and it's like, hey, we're going to need you to write 80 minutes of music in the next five weeks. And I, I was like, okay. And, you know, I was just, I, I, I remember asking Howard, I told Howard about it, and uh I said, hey, I got this uh, assignment, and it's to write 80 minutes of music in five weeks, and and uh, here's my plan. You know, I'm going to write 10 themes, and each theme is going to be 
you know, uh, two minutes long, and that's going to be um, 20 minutes of music, and then I'll do three variations on each theme, and, uh, and, and then it'll be 80 minutes, you know, and I was sort of thinking it through, like, how I could digest this amount of work, mm-hmm. and Howard, <laughs> without fail, like, he, he, he's, he's looked at me and said, you can think about this any way you'd like, but when you're done, you will have written 80 minutes of music. Um, <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> there were there were no shortcuts. Um, I uh, I worked really hard on that. Um, I also had to deliver it in surround sound, which I had never delivered a project in surround at that point. And that was my first professional project. It was it was a real kick in the bum, and it really got things started uh, learning about professional schedules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I should say, I did deliver on time, and everyone was happy and delivered surround sound, so it all worked out. And are you still proud of that of the score? Yeah, you know, that's one I never really go back to listen to. It's so different than, I think, anything I, I've written. You know, it, the, the direction I was given was to uh, be very ethereal and, and um, sort of new age, uh, it's a lot of uh, synthesizers, and um, it was it was fun to write it. I, you know, no one's asked for that type of music since. Uh, since I said synth, it was all synth. Um, no one's asked for that type of music since. I, I am very proud of what I did, um, and uh, oh boy, that's one I never go back and listen to. <laughs> Many fans loved your full blood action horror score uh, for Jack Brooks, Master Slayer. Uh, it seems as if you had a good time composing this particular music. Oh yeah, uh, what a ball I, I had writing that score. It, I think that the uh, the filmmakers who asked me to do it had seen uh, Rex Steel, Nazi Smasher, um, the other film I was mentioning earlier, and and there's even a certain similarity in the titles, you know, Rex Steel, Nazi Smasher, Jack Brooks, Monster Slayer, mm-hmm. um, and for me, when I was scoring Jack Brooks, even though musically it's very it's very different than Rex Steel, I, I almost felt like this was my chance to continue what I was doing on Rex Steel, not not musically, you know, not none of the themes, none of the type of music, but that I would get to uh, work with an orchestra of this size again um, for this type of music, where it's it's action and it's fun and there's a there, there's a lot happening musically, um, and and I would be able to do it for a feature film, you know, and, and be able to do that type of music. Full, or, you know, full orchestra over now an entire length of a feature film. I, I can't tell you how excited I was to be doing it. Um, and uh, when I went back to record, I, I, I brought in even a larger orchestra. Uh, I think the just the musicians, uh, not the choir, but the, in, the orchestra might have been around 92 players or something like that. And... Uh, I, what is there to say? I, I had a complete ball. I was extremely inspired, and uh, and it's a score that I'm I'm really proud of. And do you love to score for that movie genre? Which genre? 
um, horror? Yeah, I, I, I love, I love scoring for all genres. And um, uh, it, it, the reason why I, I was wondering what genre you're referring to was because Jack Brooks covered a few different genres, which was also part of the fun of it. Um, it was horror, but it was also um, very much action and comedy uh, and epic all at the same time. Um, you know, I, I, I feel really fortunate that I've had a chance to write music in a lot of different genres. Um, I love that. You know, it keeps it musically in interesting for me. Um, when I look back on the projects I've done, I think about a third of them have been comedies or romantic comedies. A third have been horror or thriller, and a third have been drama um, or dramedy or, you know, mm -hmm. variations in there. So for me, it's, it's, I love that, you know, that I've, I've been asked to write for orchestra and for jazz groups and small uh, instrumentations and synths. And, um, and so for me, when I approach a score, I tend not really to think about genre per se. I really... Um, am only thinking about that movie and the story that they're telling mm -hmm. and uh, and what might be right musically for that. Um, and so if, if anything, when I'm thinking about movies in terms of genre, I might be thinking of how can I do things maybe a little differently so that it, it's not just exactly what might be expected within a genre. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's probably the, the only thing that I'm thinking of genre-wise. Um, but as far as uh, horror movies, absolutely, I love scoring those as much as I've loved scoring all the other ones. Your music for Cadaveras won the Elmer Bernstein Awards at the Woodstock Film Festival back in 2001. Um, can you tell me about uh, something about this project? Uh, it was for uh, a good friend of mine uh, who directed it, Mike Fiore. First time we worked together, and uh, it was back when I was scoring short films at NYU. Mm -hmm. uh, we recorded it with a, a full orchestra. Um, I think it was maybe about 30 players, um, not as full an orchestra as uh, as uh, I've done for some other films. But at that time, that was about as as big as I had worked with. Um, it was a little more. Uh, but it, it had all the sections of the orchestra in it, woodwinds, brass, strings, percussion. Uh, and we went to the Woodstock Film Festival. I remember that Elmer, you know, there was the Elmer Bernstein Award that mm -hmm. they had there. We knew that that, that was there um, and that Elmer would be there and that Elmer would also have a master class um, on the same day as the uh, award ceremony. So we went to the master class, which was in the afternoon, and and you know heard Elmer um, speak and talk about his work, and we knew that that night was going to be the award ceremony, um, and we'd find out who would win various awards, including the Elmer Bernstein Award. And after we uh, saw Elmer's master class, we went up to say hello to him, and I had never met him, and we we just introduced ourselves and said that how much we loved his work and uh, appreciated the master class. And he, uh, you know, was just, oh, very nice to meet you. You know, didn't uh, seem like he had heard our names or maybe 
thought of the film that we had done, you know, we figured at this point he must have watched mm -hmm. all the films to determine who he's going to give the award to that night. And we met him, and he was just like, oh, hi, you know. And so, like, after we left, Mike and I said to each other, there's no way that, that we're going to be winning anything for this film. He, he didn't know who we were, you know. <laughs> so, like, so he didn't even recognize our name. I mean, you know, this, so we uh, we went to the award ceremony that night, and Elmer went up to present the award, and he he first said, you know, what his criteria was for the award, which was uh, all about the marriage of the music, the marriage between the music and the film, and and how those two things uh, interact with each other was, um, you know, one of his biggest criteria for the award. And then he said. And when I announce the winner, they will know that I can keep the secret. And then, um, and then he, he announced that I won, and I was beyond shocked. <laughs> so I figured there's no way that we we were going to get anything. Um, so it, it was a a real highlight in my career um, to even meet Elmer Bernstein, let alone be acknowledged by him. It you know is it's 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 I think it's really helpful um, for um, for for a, a younger composers to be recognized by um, the people who are established. You know, it, it um, at that time, you know, it's not like I I was uh, interacting with you know people like Elmer every day. You know, it 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 really meant a lot to me, and it was very encouraging and. Uh, 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 you know, and, and, and on a side note, to have become friendly with Elmer before he passed and, and, and spend some time with him and talk with him was uh, uh, something that I'll, I will uh, have with me forever, you know, it was uh, very special. Mm -hmm. Cool. You also won the prestigious Cliff Davis Award for Shadow Play. Please tell me a little about, about your approach in scoring this movie with ethnic flutes and strings orchestra. Uh, that was another film that I did during those uh, days when I was in New York. Mm -hmm. um, we, the film uh, is um, it's a telling of the, the story of the dropping of the bomb in Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. And it's a very serious film but it's done through claymation. Um, and uh, it's, this whole story is told through metaphor. Um, there was this phenomena that happened after the bomb dropped where uh, any people who were close to buildings, the, the light from the explosion was so bright that it actually emblazoned um, shadows of those people on the, the sides of the building that they were near. And uh, Dan Blank, uh, who created the film, um, told the story of the dropping of the bomb through the eyes of a little boy who is a shadow. And, uh, and it's after, um, after the bomb drops and, and the little boy needs to find his family. Um, and I recorded it with members of the New York Philharmonic and uh, and for all the Western, traditional Western uh, parts of it. And then I infused the score with 
uh, traditional Japanese instruments. Uh, we used Kodo and Japanese percussion and shakuhachi. And uh, I did a lot of research, listened to a lot of recordings of those instruments, you know, uh, found sheet music to see how it's notated, um, spoke with those players as I was writing the score. I, I knew who was going to record it and talk with them about um, their instruments and uh, what's the best way to write for them. And it's a really special project. Um, very fulfilling musically. I learned a lot. Um, and uh, it was one of three short films that I scored at that time that all uh, won Student Academy Awards uh, for Best Animation. Um, that was the second one that I did uh, that did that. Uh, Rex Steel Nazi Smasher was the third, and uh, A Letter from the Western Front was the first. Um, so uh, uh, it started, for me, a great love that I have for scoring animation. Um, you say uh, Shikuhachi. Um, I know that this instrument uh, that James Horner uses very often. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've learned it uh, a few days ago. <clears throat> it sounds great, this instrument. Um, Agreed. Do you like or enjoy writing whole themes for characters or settings, or do you try more to describe the mood of a particular movie? I love writing themes. I, you know, I I, I wish that more films would want that. Um, I've in the beginning of my career, I found that I, I was doing that a lot, um, and I don't know if that was just what the filmmakers were, were looking for and that's why we did it. Mm -hmm. I remember that was a very big part of my process would be uh, starting by writing themes. Now I find, uh, you know, every project is so different in its process and, and there are some that I start that way where it's, you know, I really write themes and, and there are others that um, where filmmakers don't really want strong themes that are memorable or, or recognizable like that. Uh, it might be a different type of, of theme. It might be a, like a thematic type of element. You know, maybe it's just the sound of an instrument or the, this type of a texture that, that you're going to write and that's going to be uh, functioning in a thematic way, but it's not a melodic theme per se. Um, I, I love it. I, I'd love to do um, every time I have the opportunity to, to write a score like that. It's it's for me. It's like coming home, and uh, and and I want to do a lot more of that. For instance, your music for another fan favorite, Rex Steel, the Nazis measure, is very melodic and sometimes in heroic in style. Did you enjoy composing the music for this animated short film? It was an absolute ball. Um, you know, because it was the first time that I had a chance to write, you know, heroic superhero um, type music. I remember um, in the weeks leading up to me writing that score, I listened to a lot of um, uh, of uh, superhero type scores mm -hmm. uh, with with strong themes. You know. Uh, Superman, Indiana Jones, um, 
The Last Starfighter, uh, Back to the Future, um, you know, just all these types of, of, of driving, orchestral, thematic, mm -hmm. heroic scores. Um, just to have all those sounds swirling around in, in my mind. And, um, and I remember one day, sort of, uh, I woke up in the morning with the theme that I wrote for Rex Steel sort of swirling around in my mind. And, and, and I liked it. And I, and, and I was like, hey, that, I, like, I think I can work with that theme. But I didn't know if I wrote it. You know, it was like, you know, it's, you know what I mean? Like, you, you hear something, and you're like, well, I, I sort of like that, but did somebody else do that? Like, mm -hmm. you know, why am I thinking of that music? Uh, I remember, um, you know, uh, playing it for a few of my composer friends and saying, have you heard this before? And they were like, no, I haven't heard that. And I'm like, okay, then I'm using it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and... Uh, I think it was original. You know, one one of the um, things that I that I noticed, I did a lot of research about um, heroic scores, and I noticed that many themes, not all, but many, um, the melody would be diatonic. So it would be, let's say you're in a major key. So let's say we're in the key of C. So all of the the melody notes are the white keys, but the harmony would changing around that like it wouldn't just be you know one four and five chords or three minor or six minor it would be you know like uh, a flat three major chord or a flat six major chord or a flat seven major chord or a flat two major chord and and but the melody would stay diatonic and so that was something i noticed and i started to write in that way uh, when i was trying to find my theme but i noticed that Many of the themes that I liked, and I think many of the ones I, I mentioned in those other movies, are in 4-4. Mm -hmm. and, um, and Rex Steele, the main character, he flies a plane, he beats people up, and he's, he's a very forward-moving character. And, um, and I had the idea that, if, that I would write a theme in 3-4 um, and be dropping a beat essentially every... Uh, bar because that would be a way of moving the music forward and and um, it would have this forward momentum to it. So um, that's what I did, and and the main theme for Rex Steels is in three four, and uh, uh, hopefully that's a little different than than uh, what's been traditionally done in in a lot of uh, heroic um, superhero themes. And how big or small was your budget on this movie? <laughs> uh, yeah, big would not be the uh, the right way of describing that budget. Um, it was, I don't remember what, what it was at the time. Um, I don't know, maybe it was it was less than 10,000 bucks. Um, and uh, and I, I recorded the whole score in, in I think three or four hours. you know it was a one shot deal you know, to save costs, um, and, and I wore a lot of hats myself on that one, um, you know, to also keep the budget down, mm -hmm. but, uh, um, it was, it was very, very small considering, <laughs> uh, what we were able to do with that. Your score for Confession 
is very dramatic yet intimate in style. Uh, did the movie made a lasting impression for you? On you? It did. Um, Chris Pine, who is the lead actor in the movie, is a, tremendous. He's really great. Um, I had met him uh, even before scoring that movie, um, uh, maybe a year or so before that. And um, this was before he did Star Trek um, and really broke out and became as, as big as he is. Uh, I remember when I met him, um, I forgot when I did Confession. Um, I guess that was maybe around 04, so I probably met Chris around 03 um, or 04. And, and I just felt like that he is going to be huge. You know, he is going to be a, a really huge actor. I saw him in another movie. I was really impressed with his acting. And then when this movie came up, um, it's an independent movie, but... Um, to me, because the acting performances are so strong, particularly um, uh, particularly Chris's and uh, uh, and Cameron Dotto, uh, they play opposite each other, uh, and, and and the other actors. So I was very inspired when I was scoring that movie. Um, I, I definitely approached it with a very thematic approach. That was definitely one of those movies where I started by writing themes, and. Um, and the whole story is really about internal conflict. It's about the struggle of right and wrong. And um, uh, in short, uh, Chris Pine is a student at a, uh, at a Catholic boarding school. And he, uh, and he kills another student. And he confesses it uh, in, uh, to his priest. Um, and when, when the police come in to... Uh, investigate, for some reason, all the signs are pointing towards the priest and not towards um, Chris Pine's character. Mm -hmm. And the priest knows, obviously, that he did not uh, commit the murder, and he knows who did because it was confessed to him. But with his oath of being a priest, he's not able to say what he has been told in confession, in confessional. So it's all about this internal conflict about, um, you know, doing what's right, doing what's wrong, uh, standing by your, your oath, um, you know, it's your religious commitments. Um, and so it's a very intimate score. I, uh, I used a smaller orchestra in order to uh, get that sound. Um, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of that score. Um, I, it came out the way I wanted it to come out. You know, I, I would really love to do more like that. Do you think uh, you have a kind of personal handwriting in your music? I mean, which makes a piece of music recognizable as written by Ryan Shore? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I feel like maybe that would be for other people to, um, to answer. Um, I know that when I start writing a score, I don't really think about any other scores that I've written. I just um, think about the movie or, you know, the project that I'm working on, and and I I put myself into the emotional state of that project, and um, and then I write music that 
conveys those emotions to me. And what comes out um, is, is, is the way that I feel it. Um, but I don't really think of it in terms of, well, I'm going to write this because this is what I do, or I want to sound different, or, um, you know, it's, 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 as, it's as much a, um, uh, uh, an unfolding to me uh, as, as I guess it would be to anyone who would listen to it, you know, like, I, I, so I don't know how to answer that question, but uh, I'd be curious maybe if other people have a, have a thought about that, if they, if they see any sort of a, you know, a, a common through line among my writing. Are there any soundtrack albums by other composers in your music collection at home? Yeah, tons. Um, I feel like everyone's, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, uh, of movies, I'm a big fan of movie music. Um, I've collected soundtracks for as long as I've been in, in music. Um, and if I were to start naming composers, it would really be everybody. Um, and um, so maybe I'll just say yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, 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 I try and check out as much as I, I can and as much as my schedule will allow me to, uh, to check out. Mm -hmm. And what was the last soundtrack album you've bought? Last soundtrack album I bought? Um, bought is a uh, funny term because um, uh, now that I've been releasing my own soundtracks, I, I have relationships with um, uh, some of the record labels, so mm -hmm. um, uh, they're very kind enough to share some of their releases with me. So I get a chance to listen to a lot of releases, um, uh, and, and, uh, but I don't necessarily have to buy them because they, they give them to me. Um, I think the last one that I bought may have been the uh, score to um, the social network. Um, I I, uh, I bought the download and I and I loved it. Great score. So, what do you think is the best thing about composing music? Best thing about composing music. There's two things that are the best. One is when you come up with an idea that that you like. You know that you feel like okay, this could work, you know, it's like finding that kernel of something that, that you can latch on to and, and continue to build with, um, particularly at the beginning of a project when, you know, anything is possible. You could, you could write anything, any type of music, any instrumentation, um, you know, and you've got to, like, find that, that little piece that connects in some way with the project you're writing for and... Maybe it's a theme, maybe it's an instrument, maybe it's a tempo, maybe it's a, um, a, a juxtaposition of two different things, maybe it's a rhythm, you know, but when you find something and, 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 and it has this, you have this feeling like, oh, okay, like I could see that being a part of the score, um, that's very fulfilling um, because you feel like you're, you're starting to find it. Um, and, uh, so that's one moment that I love. Um, 
when you play it for the people you're writing for and if they like it, that's definitely a part that uh, <laughs> that that uh, that you love as a composer um, because you get that validation that um, ultimately you're trying to tell a story and you're trying to realize someone else's vision um, and that's that's the goal is to achieve that and so when you get that feedback that you're making the uh, whomever you're writing for happy um, it's a great feeling um, and and then can I say a third best part would be when I record it uh, and and everything finally uh, comes together because when you're composing it's all very uh, emotional and mental but nothing is real yet you know like you get an idea in your head and you're like yeah that's a good sound like I want to now capture that sound that I'm hearing in my in my head but you don't actually get to capture that sound until you've recorded it and it's done so it's a very long process you know they I guess the expression is it's 10% inspiration and 90% perspiration. <laughs> it's very fulfilling when you finally reach that point six weeks later where you now can actually hit play and you hear that thing on a recording that you only heard in your mind six weeks ago. Um, that's very, very fulfilling. And is there something that makes it less fun for you, the composing? Less fun. <laughs> uh, sure. You know, if, uh, um, if you have a glitch with your equipment, um, when, you're, when you have an idea and you're writing and suddenly, um, you know, your, your, uh, your, your gear slows down or you've got to restart or something like that. Um, and... I don't know. Other, you know, I, I really love it. I really enjoy it. You know, I enjoy the whole process. Um, I, I'm sort of stretching to find things that I, I don't like about it. Um, uh, no, I mean, even even when you're writing something and and you're still trying to find it, there there there's that challenge in yourself to. You to keep finding it. You know, you just, you just keep going at it until you find what's right. Um, you know, I I almost think of um, a great quote of Thomas Edison when he was inventing the light bulb, and uh, he went through so many different options trying to figure out what type of filament would actually stay lit and not burn out. Mm -hmm. And um, and he would say, you know, he went through. He, as he says, he never had any failures along the way. It was just one big success with 2,000 steps. Mm -hmm. I know. And I think that's the same way when you're writing a film score. Like, a, you know, it's all just part of the process to arrive at the, at the final result. If you had a chance uh, to meet one of the late great composers of film music, who would it be and why? Hmm. Uh, a late great? Yeah. Um, can I say Mozart? Yeah. His his music has been used in film a lot. Um, <laughs> I you know I would probably want to go back to some of the the great classical composers that that 
um, I admire so much, like Mozart, like Tchaikovsky, Chopin. Um, at the same time, as I think about it, maybe I wouldn't actually want to meet them. <laughs> you know, like, like I just love their music so much that maybe it's best just to admire their work. Sometimes when you actually get to meet somebody and you realize they're they're nothing like their music, <laughs> you know, and it's like eh, maybe it'd be better if I just appreciate your work. Um, but as far as a, a late great film composer, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to have met Max Steiner. He wrote one of my all-time favorite scores for *Gone with the Wind*. Mm -hmm. Incredible theme. Um, I'd love to meet uh, Bernard Herrmann. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just an, just an incredible original composer. I'd love to meet Alfred Newman. Um, I'd love to meet uh, Korngold. Um, There's so many. There's so many composers I, I admire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you like uh, the Golden Age, right? <laughs> yep. Cool. Absolutely. Uh friend of mine made this questions. What is Wineshaw do doing when there's no work to do, no music be to be composed, no recording session to attend? I mean, what do you do in your spare time? One of my hobbies is flying. Mm -hmm. uh, I got my pilot, I started flying maybe about four years ago. Um, and I got my pilot's license about two and a half years ago. So I do that. Um, I love doing that, um, and it's a, a hobby that um, there's always something to learn about it. Right now, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm already a, a private pilot, and mm -hmm. I'm studying for my instrument rating, which is the next rating um, that you can get, and it mm -hmm. teaches you to fly um, when you have limited visibility or no visibility or flying in the clouds. Um, it's a whole other aspect of flying. Um, there's a lot to learn. Um, so that's something that I, I love to do. Um, I think I love it because it's it's an all-encompassing um, activity. You know, like when you're doing it, you can't possibly be thinking about anything other than that. Um, you know, if I go on vacation and I just want to sit by a pool or on the beach, um, my mind is so active. I'm always thinking about music and I'm thinking about all these other things. Um, so vacation isn't always feel like vacation. Mm -hmm. But when I'm uh, flying, you can't think about anything other than that. And in, in a way, it's, a, it's almost like a forced vacation. Um, so I'm doing that. And... Uh, uh, I like to uh, to stay in shape, so I I, I work out, um, and and I like to uh, uh, hang out with friends. Mm -hmm. um, so those are usually the things I'm doing. Do you have any new projects coming up? Yes, um, I uh, scored a movie called The Shrine, which um, just is going to come out, I think, in a couple of months through IFC. We're working on the soundtrack for that right now. Um, and for the past little while, I've been scoring an animated film um, for uh, a filmmaker named Shane Acker. Uh, Shane um, 
made a movie a few years ago called Nine. It was an animated film. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's making a, uh, an animation, uh, and I've been scoring that, so that's been keeping me busy. Um, and I think later this summer, uh, I don't know if I can mention any specifics. Well, I probably shouldn't mention any specifics. Um, maybe take that part out. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, uh, that's what's keeping me busy right now. Short for the end, one more little thing. I call five terms, and you tell me just briefly what comes to your mind. Okay? Great. Um, film music. The entire human experience. Orchestra. Joy. Favorite movie? Back to the Future. Hollywood? <laughs> well, I got to think about that one. Hollywood. My first reaction was home, because that's where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, Hollywood. Uh, entertainment. And end of work. Relaxation. Great.